a Podcast One production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 20th of January. India is still celebrating this morning after pulling off a cricketing miracle against the Aussies in what's being hailed as one of the greatest Test Series wins in history. With several stars missing, the tourists chased down 328 runs to break Australia's 33-year unbeaten streak at the Gabba yesterday. And now the fallout has started with Tim Payne copping a grilling about his future as captain. And we'll have more details on this story a little later in sport with Brett Thomas. Tennis Australia is denying new reports that two players from the Australian Open have tested positive to COVID-19. Health authorities issued a statement claiming the latest positive results are from two players and a non-participant, all currently in hotel quarantine. But Tennis Australia is disputing the results and his chief executive, Craig Tiley. Those are low numbers and now our job is to protect the community for all those that were close contacts. This is a group of people coming from around the world, different countries, have a different approach to how they've managed the virus and that has been extremely difficult. Donald Trump is getting ready to move out of the White House with today his last full day as President of the United States. Mr Trump is expected to offer more than 100 presidential pardons in his final hours in the top job, including reports he could pardon Tiger King's Joe Exotic. The inauguration is set to get underway tomorrow morning our time and Mr Trump has confirmed he will not be attending. International affairs expert Dr Keith Souter says this will only add to tensions at a time when the United States is divided. We've been in this situation before. We've had it during the American Civil War. We had it when Nixon left office. So someone like Joe Biden might be able to bring the country together. A lot depends on the continuing role of Donald Trump. Will he continue to make problems or will he just disappear? Melania Trump will also be the first first lady not to give her successor Jill Biden a tour of the residence before leaving the White House. Mrs Trump focusing on unity as she released a farewell message. To focus on what unites us, to raise above what divides us, to always choose love over hatred, peace over violence, and others before yourself. And health authorities in Norway have found no direct link between the recent deaths of 33 elderly patients and the COVID-19 vaccine. The aged care residents were all over the age of 75 and died after getting the Pfizer jab. The Norwegian Medicines Agency says COVID-19 is far more dangerous to most patients than the vaccination. Professor Christine McCartney from the Australian National Centre for Immunisation Research and Surveillance has told the ABC overall the vaccines are doing well. It's important to recognise that the Norwegian officials themselves are not alarmed. We've seen vaccines roll out now to more than 39 million people worldwide and overwhelmingly the vaccines have been safe in that rollout with huge numbers of people over the age of 80 vaccinated worldwide and that supports the very encouraging safety data that we've also seen in clinical trials. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Wednesday morning to WA first and the Premier has hit back at his New South Wales counterpart 
over criticisms about border restrictions. It's another interesting chapter in what seems like a constant war of words. Our Perth reporter Adam Hemmings joins us now. And Adam, Mark McGowan is not impressed. Not really, Tash. And the Premier wants Gladys Berejiklian to stop with constant critiques. The New South Wales Premier claims there are no COVID hotspots in the country and she's questioned the need for border restrictions. That's caught the attention of Mark McGowan. Their constant criticism and carping is getting tiresome and uh, they need to just leave it alone, let us act on the best interests of the health of West Australians. Mr McGowan says the border controls do work as there's been no community transmission of COVID-19 in WA for more than nine months. To Sydney now and police believe a millionaire businesswoman who's been missing for almost three months is still alive. Melissa Caddick vanished from her luxury home in the city's east in November Here's our reporter Siobhan Caulfield with the latest details. That's right, Tash. More than two months after her disappearance, police believe missing Sydney woman Melissa Caddick is still alive. The 49-year-old mother vanished without a trace after leaving her Dover Heights mansion without her belongings in November, just days after her home was raided by federal police. The financial advisor is suspected of allegedly stealing tens of millions of dollars from clients to fund a lavish lifestyle. A police source has now told the Daily Telegraph detectives are working on the theory Melissa may have fled to Queensland. Detectives are continuing to trawl through CCTV footage. They're also door knocking, urging anyone with information about the disappearance to come forward. And new research has revealed Victorian businesses were the hardest hit in the country during the COVID-19 lockdown. Our reporter James Lake is in Melbourne with the latest. Thanks, Tash. Yeah, unfortunately, Victoria wins the unwanted prize of having the most businesses collapse so far. At last count from November, 115 Victorian businesses entered external administration, accounting for about a third of the businesses to fail nationally. Now, this came off the back of Melbourne's hard 112-day lockdown after the massive second wave of coronavirus. And unfortunately, that figure of 115 wouldn't factor in countless small business operators, which would have wound up their activity without any customers. After the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. And Effie, as we just heard there, especially in Victoria, gosh, during COVID, some businesses have really struggled, but others are also doing quite well. And now there are new calls for changes to the rules for JobKeeper. Yeah, look, it, it is interesting. I mean, it is good news that the economy in some areas is doing really well and some industries are doing well, but as you said, others aren't. Now, we know on uh, the 4th of January, wasn't too long ago, JobKeeper, keeper did fall down. Now, if you're working greater than 20 hours, it moved from 1,200 to 1,000. If you're working less than 20 hours, 750 to 650. But what this is saying is that some people are finding, hey, I can't survive on this $1,000. I know the market has picked up in other areas. My skills allow me to get this other job. I'm going to get it, and rightly so. But it puts that small business that's trying to survive, that may still be in an industry that's really hurting, in a situation where they've lost that staff member. And the rules around this, whether it's an unintended consequence, is that businesses can't replace their staff with a new staff member and still attract that government payment. And that's what the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise and Buzzards is calling on the federal government to change the rules to allow struggling small businesses to replace staff. 
Yes, because gosh, some businesses are still doing it really tough. Let's hope it all works out. Effie, also making news this morning, gosh, expecting a big jump in the cost of fruit and veggies. We knew this was on the way, but it's already started. It has, and we are expecting this to come in the next couple of months. Expect to pay a lot more at the checkout. And the price increases does come down to labour shortages. Look, international border closures have certainly contributed to workforce shortages, and domestic border closures haven't helped either. But you'd think, Tash, a 6000 relocation allowance will entail some people to take up regional jobs, but it hasn't. And this is according to an online report from ABC News. The government's harvest trail relocation program does offer up to 6,000 to Aussies to move to regional areas for harvest jobs. Now, it has only attracted 453 workers Gosh. between November and December last year. Look, yeah, to be fair, it came out in, in November. So we've had a couple of months and that's the number of people they've reported have taken it up. It's not a much. It's not much. But, but the good news is this uh, assistance program will run until December 31. If you're interested, you've got to be over age 18. You've got to relocate to a, a regional area. You've got to work at least six weeks or at least 120 hours in agricultural work. It's also worth noting if you're on JobSeeker, there is something similar, the relocation assistance to take up a job and depending on your situation, it can be worth up to $9,000 to help you move. Now, to access this, you've got to be relocating to a job that is more than 90 minutes away from your current residence and not within the same capital city. Interesting info. Thanks as always, Effie. Pleasure. Time to check sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the fallout is already underway over the cricket upset with Tim Payne's future as test captain, certainly under the microscope after that historic loss to India. Yeah, that's right. It sort of followed him ever since he took over from Steve Smith following Sandpaper Gate, I guess because of his modest returns as a batsman. But that's where the microscope is on. It's on the back page of most of the papers around the country today. In terms of Tim Payne and his future as test captain, he's 36, so you think he wouldn't uh, be there for the next uh, Ashes series, but he's certainly looking ahead to South Africa and wants to remain as the captain. He's probably shouldn't be copying all the blame for what uh, what happened yesterday. And even going back to the Sydney test, we look at selection. Couldn't bowl India out in the second innings in Sydney. Went with the same bowling attack. And again, they really failed to fire uh, yesterday. Pat Cummins was great, but his wickets were spaced out. And the most likely result we thought was going to be a draw. That's all India needed to reclaim the Border Gavaskar trophy, but the series win was still there up for grabs, and Rishpa Pant and, and Gill were just phenomenal with the bat. Pajara as a brick wall as well. They had a, a great bl- uh, blend in their attack. An undermanned attack, of course, Virat Kohli not there, and many of their first-choice bowlers as well. But just on Tim Payne, here is uh, him copying a grilling in terms of his future as Test Captain. For me, it's about soldiering on. Um, I've said a few times I still feel like I have improvement in me. I still feel like I want to get better. Um, I certainly want to keep leading this team. No obvious replacements to replace him as captain either, which I, I guess is uh, the other worry there for the Aussie team. Such a nail-biter, Brett. And another high-profile tennis player has been forced to apologise for complaining about conditions in hotel quarantine. Was it over their hair? It, was, it wasn't It was hair this time. Um, this time it was Roberto Batista Agud. He's a Spanish tennis player, a top 13 in the world. Here is a snippet of uh, what he said in what he claims was a private conversation. You're locked in the room. You, it looks like you're in prison, huh? 
So obviously that went down like a lead balloon. Overnight, he apologised to anyone who was offended by that video. He says it was a private conversation taken out of context and released without his knowledge. Craig Tiley, though, the tournament chief and CEO of Tennis Australia, says that players should perhaps stay off social media when they're airing their complaints about uh, what's going on ahead of the tournament. What really upset me probably last night the most was if you've got a complaint, Come to me, blame me. Don't go out on social media and take it out on the staff, take it out on the Melbourne community, take it out on Australia. Don't don't do that. If you want to have a crack, give it at least just come to me. Now there's some debate about uh, the numbers as well. Yesterday, the Department of uh, of Health and Human Services said that there was two players who tested positive. Tennis Australia saying that's uh, cases of viral shedding. So there's a bit of confusion going on right now. And also making news this Wednesday morning, Brett, the NRL and Players Association have agreed to a big pay cut over the next two seasons. Yeah, it's, uh, the salary cap will come down to just over $9 million next season. We'll go up slightly after that, but it's roughly a 6% uh, pay cut. Uh, the, the big thing is because... Normally, it's the stars that are looked after, but they've also ensured that it will remain at 30 players uh, per team, which is good. Um, so there won't be a cut in terms of the, the player list sizes, but there will be a cut overall, so around 6% for player wages over the next two seasons. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details now around the country this Wednesday morning. Firstly to Brisbane, shower or two on the way with a top of 27. 24 and mostly cloudy today for Sydney, sunny and 25 for Melbourne. Becoming mostly sunny today for Canberra with a top of 27. Sunny and 21 for Hobart, 33 degrees the expected top with sunny conditions on the way today for Adelaide. Humid and partly cloudy with a very warm 30 degrees on the way today for Perth. And a shower or two with a possible storm and 32 degrees expected for Darwin. And there are reports this morning that supermodel Miranda Kerr broke strict quarantine rules during her visit to Australia last year. The 37-year-old was staying with her family in a luxury Hunter Valley home when she was granted an exemption to visit her seriously ill relative in northern New South Wales. But it's alleged Miranda failed to follow the correct notification process and was then issued an official warning by police. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belli. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.